If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to the Old Testament, to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter uh, 37. And again, I hope today that all of our fathers that are here are treated as special today as you are to your family and you are to us. And like many of you that are here, I would give anything to be able to spend the day with my dad. And uh, not only is it Father's Day, but today was also my dad's birthday. But I'm grateful that I had the time that I had with him. I'm grateful and thankful for the energy uh, that he invested in me and in our family. And I can't wait to see him again one day as we are reunited and we gather around the throne, praising our Savior for all of eternity. And as I thought about Father's Day and what it means to be a dad and what it means to be a father, I, I, I couldn't help but think about the countless hours uh, that are spent in raising children, moms and dads together. And some moms that are here this morning had to take on the role of dad, and so you were doing double time. But I was thinking about the, the amount of hours that, that I spent trying to help Lynette raise our two boys and uh, Hayden and Hunter and, and uh, what a blessing they've been to our family. But I tell you, some days were just hard, right? Some days are, some days are difficult. And there were so many times that, uh, you know, one, one of the, I think, most important things about being a dad that, that I learned uh, was that... I didn't know what I was doing. You know, no one gave me a book on how to be a father or how to be a dad. And, and, and so, you know, there were so many times that I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. There were times I did the wrong things. I said the wrong things. But one of the, the most important things was that I tried to let my kids know that I didn't have all the answers. And I didn't always get it right. I didn't always respond the right way. I didn't always say the right thing. And there were times that I had to apologize to them for doing the wrong thing and saying the wrong thing and, and maybe discipline in the wrong way. Some days after I had spent all day working or doing whatever needed to be done and had taken them to all of their ball practices and and uh, you parents know what I'm talking about, especially today. It's so busy with all the after-school activities, and you've got ball practice and dance practice and rodeos, whatever it may be that your family does and spends a, a, a lot of time doing. And by the time you get home, you're just exhausted, right? And you just uh, uh, were drained, and some nights you would go to bed and exhausted and lifeless, only knowing that early the next morning you were going to have to get up and do it all over uh, again. And as I thought about those times, I was reminded of this story here in the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, and it's a story about dry bones. And I know that every single one of us have been there, not just dads, but probably everyone in the room uh, today that probably at some point in time just felt like you could give no more, that there was no more 
a, a life to give in that day that you were just drying up and withering away. But you know, the, the, the worst times that we will have in our lives is when we feel like that we're spiritually drying up and withering away. And if we're all honest today, we would all say, I've been there because I've been there and I'm your pastor. And so I know that that's a place that we find ourselves in. And so if you're here today and maybe you feel uh, that way, if that's you, you picked a perfect day to join us today because this is the word of the Lord. And we're going to begin at verse 1 of Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And, and as I reread this story uh, again this week, I began to think, you know, what would happen if at church on Sunday morning, and I, I hope this doesn't happen, but what would happen at church on Sunday morning if someone just fell out in the floor, unconscious, um, lifeless, no pulse, not breathing, and apparently dying? What would happen in this setting if that were to take place here today? Would we just sit back and watch? Would we just sit in our seats and hope that they might live or hope that they might take a, a breath and, and be okay? No, we wouldn't do that, would we? Because I know that we have some people in here that are trained to be first responders. We have people in our congregation here this morning that are medical professionals in our church. And I know them. And they would quickly run to that person's side to try to help them and give them aid. Someone would call 911. Some people might be so shaken by this event that's taking place that they might begin to cry. Others would begin to pray. And we would stop everything that we are doing because someone was dying. And here's the deal. Every week, we have people sitting in this room or watching online, we have people that we work with, that we go to school with, that we go to the coffee shop with, who are literally dying, and they need life breathed into them. How often do we sit back and just watch and hope? But that's all that we do. Maybe you're here today and you feel like the life has been drained out of you and you feel like that you're drying up and wasting away. We have friends that are in that state. We have people in the church 
on the church roll that are dying. That person sitting beside you today may feel like they're dying and drying up. Friends, statistics show us and we hear sad reports all the time now and it's frequent that churches all across our land are drying up and dying. Friends, people are dying and they need to be saved. They need to have life breathed in to their bodies. They need someone to run to their side and give them aid and give them help and give them hope. I shared with you several weeks uh, back about a, a, a prayer that a minister used to pray every week as he stood before his congregation. He would begin his sermon with this prayer, Lord, help me to preach today like a dying man preaching to dying people. And that's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly what I'm standing here and trying to do today. You know, we're so blessed to be able to live in uh, these United States of America. And, you know, uh, many here in the next couple of weeks on July 4th will celebrate our great nation. And we should celebrate our great nation and the freedoms that we have. But more than likely, come that Sunday, July the 4th, Many, many, many more will celebrate their lives as Americans more than they have ever celebrated the life that they have in Jesus Christ. And here's the deal. The outward appearance of our nation is great, right? Our community looks great. We live in one of the richest nations in the world. Every single one of us here today probably has a house that's air-conditioned, thank God. <laughs> we have multiple rooms, plenty to eat, lots of computers in our homes, and lots of cars sitting outside our homes. Almost everyone carries credit cards in one pocket and a cell phone in the other. And everything looks great on the outside. But what's happening on the inside? What's taking place in the hearts and the lives of those that we live with, live by, and are around every single day? Notice that it says here in our text this morning that the valley was full of bones. It was full of bones. And I believe today that you and I are in a very similar place. A valley full of dry bones. Here in America, since 1960, there's been a 1,000% increase in violent crimes and domestic abuse. Divorce rates are at an all-time high. One of the leading causes of death in our nation today is suicide. Abortion has been legalized. Online pornography is rampant 
on the internet. Here's the alarming thing about that. 85% of kids surveyed said their parents had no idea what they did on the internet, on their phones, or on their computers. Teenagers who are drinking alcohol and doing drugs is at an all-time high. And many claim that they do it and were introduced to it in their very own home by their parents who did the same. Homosexuality in the United States is now called an alternative lifestyle instead of an abomination in sight of an almighty God. And friends, I could go on and on and on today with statistics that ought to wake us up from our death. But the bottom line is this. Our world, our nation, our friends, and yes, even some of our family members, and perhaps some of you that are here today, are dying. Why is that? Why is that happening? Why is that taking place today? Well, it's because we've become desensitized to sin in our world these days. And sadly, our families and even our churches have become desensitized to sin. That's all around us. And if you know much about the Bible at all, here's what you ought to know. God will not allow it to continue. He will not. He never has and He never will. What we need today is life breathed back into our families. We need life breathed back into our churches. We need life breathed back into our community. We need life breathed back into our nation and into this world. And don't miss it. Tomorrow, wherever you go, there are going to be people all around you who are laying in the floor and dying. Dying and drying up. While we sit comfortably in our churches... We sit comfortably in our plush leather recliners in our homes and do nothing but watch it happen and hope that something would change. We're letting them die. Which says to me that we're dying too. And we need new life breathed into us as well. And here in our text, here in Ezekiel, Ezekiel is faced with a congregation like a lot of pastors are standing before today, dead, uh, drying up, right? But God took Ezekiel to this valley to shake him. God took Ezekiel to this valley to give him a visual of what was going on around him and what was happening in the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. 
He, he wanted him to visually see what was happening in the hearts and the lives of those that he had been called to. And friends, today we join Ezekiel in this valley that's full of bones. There are a lot of people in our community today that are in church. Because to a lot of people, it's the popular thing to do. It's the right thing to do. But many are sitting in our churches today that are like these here in the story. Dead, dry, and empty of God's Spirit in their lives. Living a spiritually dead and disobedient life to God. Look at verse 3. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And you say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Like a dying man preaching to dying people, I want to be like Ezekiel today. I, I want to be obedient and stand up and proclaim, hear the word of the Lord. These dry bones can live again. Friends, there's nothing more. That'd been a good place to say amen. Y'all are dead. <clears throat> Friends, there's nothing in this world that God wants more than for you to be alive. He wants us to be alive, spiritually alive, and full of the life that only He can give. An abundant life, he promises us. Friends, since COVID, the average church in the United States right now, today, is now running 60% of what they were at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. You know what? Our church is not an exception to that. That's exactly where we're at. 60% of where we were prior to COVID. And you know, I look at that and I think about that. You know, I, I tried to make excuses for the last little bit as to why people weren't coming and all that. But I, I'm sitting here thinking about this event that we experienced why is it that after God shook our world to the core, opened our eyes to the fact that we're vulnerable as a people, we're vulnerable as a nation, our economy is vulnerable, it could all crash and be taken away in an instant just like that. And God allows this pandemic to take place, not just in Arkansas, not just in the United States, this was a worldwide event that took place that shook and rocked our world. Many, many people died. And 40% of the people that once went to church decided that church just wasn't for them anymore. It's the truth. It's exactly what has happened. 
If only churches are only running 60% of what they did prior to COVID, people who lived through the pandemic decided, well, I survived that. Who needs church? It's not important to my family anymore. We survived. Friends, I, I don't know. I just I don't get it. If anybody has the answer to that, I'm I'd love to hear it. Maybe I'm just plain dumb. I, I but I don't understand. Because here's the deal: what we've been through this past year should be like an ear-piercing alarm sounding in our ears, church. And what do we do when we hear an alarm? What, what do we do when we hear the, the, the tornado sirens go off and, and, and we're warned of the danger of an approaching tornado? What do we do? Well, and you know, this is Arkansas, so most of us run to see if we can see it coming, right? church we're all blind if we can't see what's coming we're blind if we can't see what's coming can these bones live again can these bones that have no desire to read the bible can they live again Can these bones that have no desire to pray, can they live? When spiritual conversations embarrass you or you avoid them altogether, can these bones live again? When you've rationalized your sin and the sin of others, can these bones live? When you go to church... But it's really not making a difference in your life and the way that you live out there. Can these bones live again? When it no longer bothers you that other people are going to hell, can these bones live again? When it doesn't excite you to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords who sent His Son to die on a cross for you, Can these bones live? Well, here's the good news for these dry bones. Verse 5, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. (laughs) I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and covered you with skin. I don't know about y'all, but when I read this, I see him putting the body of Christ back together. I will attach the tendons to you, make the flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these dry bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Friends, don't miss this. God's desire for you and for your family is that you live. That's His desire, is that we live and live a life to the fullest under His blessings 
and his guidance. So how does that happen? Well, let's pick it up at verse 7. So Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Do you hear it? You hear those bones rattling? There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and you say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds, and breath into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me to do, and breath entered them. They came to life, stood upon their feet a vast army. Ezekiel spoke the word of the Lord to those dry, dead bones, and what happened? They came alive. They came to life. It was not by his power, but by what? Power of the word of God. He spoke the word of God that God was telling him to speak. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Man does not live by bread alone. How does a man live? He goes on to say, on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's through His Word that you will have life. And some of you wonder why you're dying. (laughs) It's through His Word that we have life. If you want the life that God wants you to live, it comes from the Word of God. God desperately wants to breathe new life into our dry bones. And when that happens, when that happens, it will rekindle our passion for the other ones that are laying around us that are dying. We won't just sit and watch and hope and wish that things would change. We will, once we're full of life, we will want those around us to experience life as well. It will rekindle our passion to save others and to serve him. David wrote this in Psalm 51, uh, 12. He said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me, make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Wow, that we would see some rebels come to know Christ, right? That we would see some rebels And some sinners turn to God. That we would see life in the church again. Maybe, just maybe. That we would see life in the church. That we would see spiritual life in our homes again. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for my family. And that's my prayer for your family And this church as well. Now skip down to uh, verse number 12. Goes on, therefore prophesy and say to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people 
Somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody needs to experience this today. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and I bring you up out of your graves. Friends, I'm standing on this promise today and I hope to goodness I'm not standing on it alone. The Lord says today, today, I am going to open your grave and bring you up out of there. I'm going to open your grave and I'm going to bring life to you. Oh, how I pray that through His Word today that He would open some graves and bring some life to some people who are dead or dying that we would see some graves open up in the church, that we would see some graves open up in our community, that we would see some graves open up in our families and in our homes that we're going to today. And dads, maybe today that begins with your grave. Maybe if your family witnessed you coming to life spiritually, maybe they would come to life in Christ as well. Because here's the deal. Whether we like it or not, dads, we have been called, we have been ordained to be the spiritual life, the spiritual leader of our family. And if your family were to see you burst out of a grave full of spiritual life, They're going to follow you. They're going to want to be like you. They're going to want to have what you have. They're going to want to live the way that dad lives. These dry bones can live again. But here's the question. Do you want that? Do you want that? Because if you do, you can have that this very day. Verse 14, the Lord says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done it, declares the Lord. If you want it, then He will do it. If you want it, He says that He will do it. He will put His Spirit in you. He will put new life in you. And you will live. So the question is this. Do you want to live? Do you want to live? If so, I want to close with this scripture today, and it's a very familiar passage of scripture out of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, one one verse. And here's what it says. This is the key to having life in you, the key to having life in your family, in our church, in our community, and in our nation. And it says this, If my people who are called by my name, 
will humble themselves. Friends, we've got to be humble or we will be humbled. We've got to be humble or He will humble us. The church can be too proud. The church can't be filled and or led by outstanding people, but by humble people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You want to bust out of that grave that you're in? Seek him. Seek his face. We must have a hunger for him. We must have a hunger for God more than food. We must have a hunger for God more than for money. We must have a hunger for God more than for stuff. Seek him first. And he tells us this when we do that, and all these things will be added unto you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Turn away from wicked ways. Not just halfway, not just part of the way, all the way. Turn away from those things. Scripture says this, Then... I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Then those dry bones will live again. Then God will bring life to your family. Then God will bring life back to the church then life to our community and our nation if we humble ourselves, seek Him first, pray, and turn from our wicked ways. Friends, I love you enough today to preach this hard message. I also love you enough today to tell you this. I see storm clouds gathering on the horizon and I stand before you today as a dying man preaching to dying people to sound the alarm and we must wake up before it's too late my prayer is that people will recognize their need for God before it's too late my prayer is that people will commit their lives to Christ and live. But here's the deal, and I tell you this all the time. I can't do that for you. No matter how hard I want it, how bad I want it, how much I pray for it for you, it's not up to me. It's up to you. It's your decision. And so today, 
I'm pushing you because I love you to make a decision. To live with him or die without him. It's your decision. How bad do you want to live? And not just here, before eternity. Today you've been extended an offer. You've been extended an invitation to life. And somebody here today needs to burst out of that grave and live. Because this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today so much for, again, your love. The amazing love that you have shown us. God, I thank you today, first off, for our fathers that are here, the ones that can't be here, and the ones that we miss terribly today. I'm grateful and thankful for the role that my dad played in my life and all that he did and sacrificed for me so that I could have the life that I have today. God, I pray that you would bless our dads and bless our fathers as we've been reminded today that yes, we are, whether we like it or not, we have been called to be the spiritual leaders in our families. We're the ones that are going to make the decision whether we go to church or not. We're the ones that are going to make the decision what the priorities are in our families. So God, give us wisdom and give us boldness to seek you first in all things. But God, most of all today, my prayer this morning and has been as I've been getting ready for today is that someone today would make the decision to burst Come out of that grave. That grave where they know they're dying. That grave where they know they're drying up. And they're spiritually starving to death for the life that you have promised them. And today that they would make the decision to have life. To accept this new life. That they would stand on this promise today that the Word of God brings life. And God, I pray that someone here today would accept that life. They would receive that resuscitation of their soul. And they would commit and surrender their life and their will to you. I pray that families would, uh, God, experience life, spiritual life like they've never experienced before in their homes. God, I pray that we would see the church come to life. Not just this church, but all of our churches. If it doesn't start here, I pray it starts next door. And then spreads like a wildfire through this community. But God, I pray that you would breathe some life into your churches. God, that you would convict us that... We're around people every single day who are, who are sick and who are dying. And we've got the remedy. We've got what will give them life and what will heal them and heal our land, God. And forgive us that we've 
protected that and got comfortable sitting on it. God, help us to get uncomfortable. That there are people around us every single day who are dying and they need life. They need this new life that only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Find us faithful, find us obedient as we go out from this place to carry that uh, remedy with us and be quick to run to someone's side when we see that they've gone down to help them, to share with them life so that they would have it and experience as well. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing here this morning, for what you're doing uh, in our church and God, I'm just so grateful and so thankful to be able to be a pastor of this great congregation. And God, I pray that they would hear this word today for what it truly is. And that's my love for them and my love for the church. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. And now the lucky dad that is here with us this morning that wins... The two two befores from Lowe's. And you can come get this from me following the service. Lonnie Ray Berry. Congratulations and happy Father's Day to all of you. I love you guys.